Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry systemically designed for you to fail. Join us as we dive into the real-life stories of survivors, experts, and advocates to debunk the common myths and fallacies of cults, scams, and multi-level marketing. Welcome back to another episode of Life After MLM. Today, we're going to be talking about something that I wanted to talk about for a really long time, and I have a very special guest. So I want to introduce you to my friend, Blanca Perdomo. Hola, mi amiga. Hola. How are you? How is everybody? <laughs> I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I, I first was introduced to your content um, probably a couple months ago. It kept coming across my feed. I was so impressed. You are out there and you are educating not only in English, but in Spanish as well, which I think is so incredible. It is such an underserved community in the anti-MLM world. I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are doing that. So when I saw you and there's a few others as well uh, that we are going to have on the show too. But when I saw what you guys were doing, I was blown away, blown away. I got so much coming from you. (laughs) You are so funny. No, it's just... I'm from San Diego. I have a, a large Hispanic family. Uh, I know I look super white and I am DNA wise, but culturally, um, the, the Latin community is just, it's so close to my heart. And um, I, I hate that MLMs target certain communities. And we're going to be talking about all those communities on this show this year. Uh, but we're just starting with the Hispanic community because you guys impressed me so much. I was like, okay, here it is. This is my sign. It is time to talk about this. We've talked about it on the show before. I've had other people that have come on that have been in the MLMs like Herbalife and have talked about these things and how it had affected their own personal communities. Um, But I've never had an anti-MLM advocate educator on the show to talk about this. So let's get into your journey. Um, You were never even in an MLM. So how did you even get into this space? And why are you here? (laughs) Well, Albert, I was never in an MLM. I've had several encounters with them. Um, if you are Latino, you definitely had an auntie or somebody in your family selling Avon, Mary Kay, or doing an Herbalife shake of some sort. So I had tias that were drinking this. I even went with them. At the time, they were not nutritional shops because we're, we're talking about 15, 16 years ago. So these were not nutritional shops. These were going to the actual distributor's home and having them make the shake for you. And I thought that was weird. As a 10-year-old, I'm like, uh, we're going to some random stranger's home to have some shake. This doesn't sit right. This doesn't look good. And this is just strange. Yeah. And it was just targeting my BS pinpoint of pain point where she wanted to lose weight. And she thought that by drinking these shakes, she was going to achieve that goal you know, a shocker, she didn't lose the weight. So. And I think it's I've important had... to, to note mm-hmm. that like at that time, there were also weight loss shakes that you could get at the grocery store. Slim fast. Yeah, you had slim fast. Yes. Right? But it's like MLMs like to be like, well, you're going to help your Tia. You, you're not going to help your Tia at the grocery store buying slim fast, but if you buy her shake, you're going to help her. Yes. Or, you know, Sometimes they would tell her, like, you could also sell these, you know, sell to your family members and friends, and then you can make some money on the side. So that was my first encounter with Herbalife. I've had other encounters with Primerica where I had expressed to a friend, listen, I'm looking for a job. I was 
I think in community college at that point, I'm looking for a, a second job. I need to pay, you know, college tuition and all of that. So he recommended me to another friend that he knew to go on an interview. I go in and come to find out that this person and I had a psych class together. And she was pretty much a distributor for Primerica in trying to recruit me. Something in me, as soon as she mentioned sales, there was like alarms. No, run, run, run. I do not like sales. I, that's why I've never pursued a job in sales. No shade to them, but it's just not something that I know that I would be able to do. And that's something that, you know, everybody should be able to recognize. Like if you can't do something, you know, you just don't pursue it. I just knew it wasn't for me, but there was just something else saying like, this doesn't sound right. This like, how is this legal document that you're speaking of better than a PBA card? Like, it just doesn't make any sense. It just, a lot of things were not adding up. So I just told her, listen, I'm going to think about it. But in reality, I was just like, I am going to ghost her <laughs> because it's not happening for me. It's just, it's, it's wild. <laughs> I say that all the time. I feel like there's no other word to describe mm -hmm. any of this, but just like, it's wild. It's like the wild frontier. Like people do what they want. People say what they want. Like the regulations are there, but like no one really actually follows them. They just um, don't care. They just don't care. And so you yeah, mentioned I, quite a few MLMs here, things that you had been affected by. Um, one of them, Herbalife, mm -hmm. we know, targets the Hispanic population more than probably any other MLM that I've ever seen. There's a whole entire documentary yes. on it, Betting on Zero. They talk about that. Um, I have some of those stats that we'll talk about as well. But what other MLMs, uh, you mentioned Mary Kay, Avon, Primerica, what other MLMs do you see that are disproportionately targeting the Hispanic community, maybe more than others? My number one, money at hands down. If there was not an Herbalife, they would be number one, hands down. Really? What they are, what they are doing right now, I, I, they might've been doing this for a hot minute since even before I started covering them, but they are using celebrities, Latino celebrities to just go in and recruit and poach people and just abuse their parasocial relationships that they have with their fans in order to uh, just enlarge their downline. Are these like Latin celebrities? Yes. So you have, I'm going to name people. Yeah, name them. It, 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 it is what it is. We're going to have actresses like Jimena Duque, Rachel Diaz. These are two very well-known celebrities. Rachel Diaz was a host. She started off actually on a show called Sábado Gigante with Don Francisco, a cultural icon. If you're Latino, you know who he is. And she started there as a model and then moved on to become a TV host. And as all of these ladies, you will see that they all started during the pandemic. They all started moving there. And then afterwards, she, she in her, one of her reels, said that she left Monet, but really she got laid off slash fired. But she's presenting it now on her social media as a, she left on her own accord. That's a big freaking lie. <laughs> it's a lie. Wow. Jimena Duque. I don't know what happened with her. She, she was an actress, no longer getting roles. So now she's presenting it as, oh, I wanted to be more present with my child and my daughters and my kids. So that's why I decided to do Monet. And now there was a segment that Despierta America did with Luis Urdaneta, the founder of Monet. I don't know how he pulled that, but he got a segment with them. And there's other, like I think it was a TV show show that I did a, a video on with what's called Nuestra Belleza Latina, that the majority of the contestants that were on that show and even the TV host Giselle Blondet 
are also with Monet. So the list goes on. Oh, wow. Yeah. When, uh, oh man, they're Monet, like we're going to talk Live. about behaviors and all this stuff. <laughs> and it was Louise Erdinetta sitting yes. on like a stool or something and like screaming in Spanish. Yes. Um, and say... for anybody that doesn't speak Spanish or missed it, could you just, you know, like <laughs> paraphrase what he was saying to everybody? Yeah, there's there was a fragment that he said, no me voy a dejar joder y no me dejaré, no me dejaré joder. So basically it's like, I'm going to be a little bit vulgar here, but I'm not going to let anybody fuck with me and nor will I ever let anybody fuck with me. Meaning that he's not going to stop at anything or let anybody come in his way in order to become better than Tupperware, which is where he came from. And that's where he wants to pretty much supersede Tupperware. Okay, yeah. wait a second. So the Erdinettas came from Tupperware and then went into the shampoo yeah. MLM? He called, it, he called Tupperware his school. Mm-hmm. But isn't that like, if you've noticed, a lot, lot of the people that create their CEOs of MLM companies, they were in an MLM prior. So... <laughs> The pipeline yes. is, it's like very straight and narrow. It's just so strange that he called Tupperware his school for like shampoo, because usually cosmetology school is a much better mm -hmm. school for that. I always wondered where the SEDs and everybody that is down, the SEDs downline gets this idea of like, oh, you have to work hard. You have to do this. And it really does come from the stinky fish up at the top, which is, the, you know, mi surdaneta. I'm sorry. Wow. No, <laughs> no, you're fine. It, it just, it just, you know, just seeing him like get barely like shaking up and just screaming. And you're, you're telling, you're targeting a, a population that has a really strong work ethic already. And so now you're telling them to work overdrive to where a lot of them already don't even take days off because they're sick because they can't even afford to do so. So now like you're just yelling at them to be like extra productive. It, it, it bothers me. It's, it's incredibly toxic. Um, I did catch part of that where he was basically screaming, like you need to work 24 seven, like you need to work harder, harder, harder. Um, and yes, the Hispanic population is incredibly, incredibly tight knit. So family oriented, incredibly strong work ethic, the whole thing. And he knows that because he is Hispanic and he knows, and he's literally speaking yeah. in Spanish to these people, emphasizing specific words, being sort of this very bullish creature saying, no one's going to fuck with me. No one's going to fuck with me. I'm going to be the next Pretty best much. thing ever. Um, it's, it's very machismo. It's very toxic. It's very... It's just, it's the worst of the worst. Who is it was just very surprising to just pretty much get that confirmation. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what, it's exactly what is presenting to me. It's just, the confirmation was there once I heard him say all of these things. And this is a weekly Zoom call that he does. I don't know if it's just for the SEDs or for like the entire like company, but it's a weekly call. And I think Karina even mentioned it where he said, if you can't make it to every single Monday Zoom call, then I don't need you. You're pretty much, you know, expendable for them. Yeah. He's like, wow. I don't need you. Yeah. So oh it, it's really hard for me to like wrap my head around people that are involved with Monet specifically, where you're hearing that like, if you're not here every week, I don't need you and still be a part of it. I, I just can't seem to comprehend. Yeah, it is. Um, 
it's that's the reason I wanted to talk about it because I think there is a huge population that doesn't see it or they do see it, but they're not connecting mm-hmm. it. And that connection is yeah. like, it's so important. It's so important to see those connections because it, this MLM affects everybody. It really, really yeah. does. And it affects everybody differently. We talk about, you know, that they target stay-at-home moms, they target Mormons, mm-hmm. they target whoever. And, and this is no exception. It's yeah. just another community to take advantage of, to use affinity fraud and dog whistles on to get these people sucked in. And the Erdnetta's sitting up there being like, this is about working hard. This is about, you know, getting to the top. You got to work super hard, you know, fuck everybody else, do what's best for you, which that's not what's best for you. But you yeah. know what I mean? Like that sort of messaging, it, it goes right back into this, that, that yeah. the community already feels because of cultural pressure. Mm-hmm. And he and knows just, that. He knows that. So he's using that to his advantage. That's how I see it. And it, it, it's very sickening. And again, he, the chokehold that the Urdanetas and Monet have with Univision is very interesting because they have a lot of their celebrities from there and then a few from Telemundo. So I'm pretty sure that there's somebody that started that was like either like a third party contractor there or just somebody that's working there permanently that decided was like, you know what, this is going to be a good idea to do and just pull all of these celebrities to do it because they have the leg in that parasocial relationship with their fans. And I even saw it when I snuck into Rachel Diaz's Zoom call where there was this one girl in Bolivia, Bolivia, South America, who is planning to move from there to either join her team Jimena Duque's team or another girl, I think her name is Andrea, whose husband is a musician team, either one of those girls, that's her plan to move to the US so that she could be a part of their team. How sad is that? What? Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking because I could, I see her and I was, and I see her home and I'm pretty sure she's just the word in Spanish is deslumbrada. She's just mesmerized by just everything that they're showing online. And I hate to see her come here and then realize that it, it was just a sham and a scam. And now she's, she's stuck, like has nothing, nothing here. Yeah. So before we, we chatted, I pulled up a bunch of different articles because I wanted to really have everybody understand how the Hispanic population is being targeted, what that Hispanic population even looks like here in the United States. I think a lot of people really don't understand just how large and what a force this population is. So here are a couple little things. Um, This article is from 2017, but it is from The Hill. And it says Latino entrepreneurs need federal protection from pyramid schemes. So that's the article. I'll link it in the show notes so that you guys can read along if you'd like. But the first... The first little bit right here, it says Hispanic entrepreneurs are a powerful engine of growth in the American economy. Their continued success is important not only to the vibrant growing Hispanic American community, but to the prosperity of the entire nation. Hispanics are the fastest growing ethnic group in the United States. There are 57 million Hispanic Americans today, the largest minority group in the country. They will number over 100 million by 2050. They're the youngest ethnic group in the country too. The median age of Hispanic Americans is 27. More Hispanics are buying homes, going to college, and making over 50,000 a year than ever before. 
their purchasing power has increased by 167% since the start of the century, and it is expected to reach 1.7 trillion this year. And that was in 2017. Yes. That is incredible. That is a huge community. Yes. Our population being that young, I I don't, I'm not shocked by it, honestly. It's incredible. And before we were talking, you are a first generation born American. Like your parents are immigrants. Yes, my parents were born in El Salvador. They migrated here due to the Civil War back in 1982. So 10 years later, they had me, of course. (laughs) And yeah, it was just, you know, those things that just happened where obviously they were forced to come to the United States due to circumstances that were out of their hands. And then just navigating the world of, well, I like to say it's a duality because it's, I felt like I always had to travel into two different worlds. I wasn't Latina enough for my family, but I wasn't also American enough for my white friends, if that makes any sense. It does, unfortunately, make a lot of sense. So it was just, like this weird dichotomy that I had and then just you know having to figure out college having to figure out how to work things like a resume and things like that that most of my friends kind of already had a leg up in already because their parents either were born here worked here went to school or they just had somebody in the family that had that knowledge something that a lot of us Latinos who are first gen or even just migrants that are able to speak English fluently do not have that capacity or that access to knowledge, which is where also MLMs come in and then try to make it seem like their way is an avenue to prosperity, gaining money, et cetera. Absolutely. And this article, this other article that I just found, Mm -hmm. um, it says MLMs are preying on the dream of entrepreneurship. Um, And this is from business.com. It is from 2019. And it does talk about pyramid schemes that prey on women, minorities, and immigrants. Another thing that's really interesting, because the Hispanic population is so tight-knit, is so family-oriented, so just, it's it's a whole entire culture, this culture. And it is, unfortunately, it's very similar, and there's a lot of parallels to that culture with Mormon culture. Not religious-based, but in terms of the woman stays home, she cares for the family. The man leaves, he's the breadwinner, she takes care of everything. It's very similar. Archaic. It's kind of archaic yes. and old fashioned, but that's how the culture is. No judgment there. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just how it is. And talking about Mormonism and that community, um, and also being an educator in this space, what are the parallels that you see in the Hispanic community that you have seen uh, in the Mormon community that we've talked about in anti-MLM? aside from you know you mentioning that the woman stays home takes care of the children it's sometimes I think it's kind of with LaRoe where you have to the woman has to be very smart but also she has to stay home and be meek it was was just like a weird thing that I saw going on there um other parallels that I've seen it talks about how there are a lot of MLM companies that have a foothold in Utah because of the percentage of stay-at-home moms. Apparently Mm -hmm. Utah has the highest percent of stay-at-home moms than any other state in the United States, which 
that's is wild, but also not at the same exact time. I'm like, okay, well that makes yeah. sense. Like that's crazy. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's like, uh-huh, no, no, I get that. And it says Mormons, highly value community, large families, and the proximity to those with similar lifestyles and beliefs, which again, you're going to see that in Hispanic communities. Mm-hmm. And so it goes on to say that predatory companies use the exact same strategy in recent immigrant communities, minority communities, and lower income international communities worldwide. As these groups are known for valuing family and community, are upwardly mobile, and have close trusting connections, a single foothold in a tight knit community is valuable for recruitment because communities that value cohesion are likely to produce more recruiters or at the very least, more buyers. That makes sense. And there we have the affinity fraud. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, because one thing in Latino communities, they do do appreciate the camaraderie. camaraderie? I always have a hard time saying that word. Camaraderie. (laughs) Camaraderie. There we go. I always have a hard time saying that. And just how tight-knit everybody is. So if you let's say end up working with somebody and they like your work they are more likely to recommend you to the rest of their family to the rest of their friends and the entire community so yeah that is interesting but it also makes a lot of sense yes and then this next part which is really interesting and this is for people that are maybe first generation immigrants that are coming in like you're saying the the woman from bolivia who's like i'm gonna move to the united states and I'm going to join this woman's team and all of my dreams are going to happen. And I'm going to be a millionaire and it's the American dream. And this is all I've ever wanted. And she has, what was the word that you used? Deslumbrante, but she's just mesmerized. Right. The mesmerization of mm-hmm. this promise, this American dream, this hope that MLM sell. So the article goes on to say that low immigrant income neighborhoods offer pyramid schemers the additional advantage of recruits higher likelihood of ignorance about local business practices, which can make them easier to sell on wild business plans. When you're new to a country, everything might seem a little off, a little strange and unexpected. And therefore you may be more likely to push aside the voice, your cognitive dissonance that says, this doesn't seem right, or this seems too good to be true than if you were in your native country. And this is especially true among low income groups, including non-immigrant minorities, that might be more desperate for upward mobility than wealthier groups, which means they are willing to put in the work and even invest their own money for a shot at the American dream. And that's the thing. Personally, my opinion, don't come at me. I honestly do think that the American dream is either dead or pretty much on its way there. Head over to quince.com and grab yourself a little something something and support the show by supporting our sponsors. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and say hello to lightweight fabrics and classic styles. I have been taking advantage of the beautiful weather and getting outside for daily walks, and I cannot say enough good things about the Flow Knit High Rise Boyfriend Jogger from Quince. Seriously, running errands, doing school pickups, swinging by the farmer's market, or taking Jaja for a stroll around the lake, these bad boys are versatile. I love the deep pockets, the high waistband, and the internal hidden drawstring. They're quick drying, moisture wicking, antimicrobial, and the four-way stretch makes them so comfortable. They're made with 88% recycled polyester and the Global Style Standard Certified Yarn dramatically lowers environmental impact by diverting landfill and ocean-bound plastic. Not to mention using recycled claim standard approved dyeing, washing, and manufacturing processes with low water and eco-friendly dyes. 
They have become an absolute favorite and you can save up to 59% off the high-end counterpart by shopping with Quince. Throw on a cotton modal scoop neck tee and some sneakers and you've got a perfect effortless outfit. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash MLM for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash MLM to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash MLM. Do you ever wonder how much of your personal data is out there on the internet just for anyone to find? I promise it's more than you think. Your name, contact info, social security number, home address, even information about your family members. It's all being compiled by data brokers and openly sold online. This can lead to a lot of problems, including identity theft, phishing attempts, harassment, and unwanted spam calls. But now you can protect your privacy with Delete Me. Signing up for the service is super easy. Just provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. They send you regular, personalized privacy reports showing what info they found, where they found it, and what they removed. I got my report, and I was floored with the results. Of the 105 data brokers they checked, 83 of them had my data. Delete Me then removed 173 listings of my personal data off the internet. And they make sure that it stays off too. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me at a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and use promo code MLM at checkout. The only way to get the 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash MLM and enter code MLM at checkout. That's joindeleteme.com slash MLM code MLM. That is yeah. just how I perceive things because of just how things are economically how they're at right now. But that's that myth that people still have in Latin America. And I do believe to a, to a degree, it somehow has to do with how our families go back to, you know, their native country and present themselves. Again, my opinion, my experience here, but my family, when my family goes, a lot of the times they'll take their best clothing, they'll take like their jewelry and stuff. And so they're trying to present like they're well off here to our family down there. And what our family doesn't understand that's down in El Salvador, or in this case, insert your parents' native country, is that it takes a lot of work to just even buy you know, a clothing item or a MacBook or even like an Apple phone. But for them, they have that in their mind that it's so easy that you could they can just say oh i want to have an apple phone can you send that to me and they think that it's just easy for us to, to do that again that's us you know pretty much perpetuating the idea that the american dream is still alive and well and that we're doing very well here meanwhile they have no idea that we're probably in debt up to our next living paycheck to paycheck absolutely is he i he might be calling yeah here yeah let me go check okay. on that Hi. So circling back to something that you said earlier about these actresses that are in the uh, telenovelas and on Telemundo and things like that, these well-known personalities, right? And it's not Mm -hmm. just in television or music, but we also have, unfortunately, circling back to Herbalife as well, Mm -hmm. politicians that you would think would have your best interest as a politician, but but they As don't find out 
maybe not so much. And I think we're learning that a lot. We talked about, you know, the capitalism of that whole mess. Um, <laughs> the mess of capitalism, it comes down to a lot of these politicians, these people that we are electing and that we are putting in these spaces that we think are going to help us. Again, I say this a lot. Uh, it is bipartisan. Really. Sometimes, some years it's heavier on one side or heavier on the other, but it is always bipartisan. It is like big tobacco and big pharma. MLMs do not care who they target. They just want your money. So they really don't care if you're red or you're blue. They really don't. And it's a really great example here is we have the former mayor of Los Angeles, who is Antonio Villaraigosa, who was his, I mean, he still is his Hispanic man, but, um, wait a minute, minute, hold up. (laughs) Why am I going to feed past by like you didn't say what you just said? (laughs) Him? What? uh, Yeah, right. The former mayor of LA, huge Mm. Hispanic population in Los Angeles, massive. Antonio Villaraigosa was the mayor for a while, and he helped grow Herbalife um, and their political influence in Los Angeles by endorsing the company. Uh, he gave he was offering this as business opportunities to the Hispanic communities uh, and saying that it was going to help lift them out of poverty, which if you've seen Betting on Zero, you know that that didn't happen. Um and it was, re- but here's the other fun thing. It was revealed after leaving office in 2013 that mm-hmm. Democratic Mayor Antonio Villaraigosa was when he was no longer the mayor of Los Angeles, he joined Herbalife Nutrition and he served on their board as their senior advisor and claimed that the company had been a solid member of the Los Angeles business community. Oh, but if y'all have like- seen Herbalife's documentary, Betting on Zero, yeah, Herbalife, um, according to the accounts of the victims of Herbalife, they claimed mm-hmm. anywhere from $8,000 to $80,000 that Herbalife basically stole mm-hmm. from them. So I'm not really sure how that is uh, being a solid member of the Los Angeles business community or how that's helping lift Hispanic communities out of poverty. But what do I know? I'm not a mayor. Oh, wow. I Why wasn't this a bigger news than it was? Because nobody cares but us, Blanca. <laughs> like, Antonio Villarraigosa, the mayor, the ex-mayor of LA involved mm-hmm. in, that's mm-hmm. like people not knowing about Betsy DeVos and her family being linked to Amway. No, it's it's the same thing, right? But we got, we got both sides here, though, because yeah. Betsy DeVos is Republican. Antonio yeah. Villarraigosa, he's Democrat. Democrat. Like, oh my God, what? It's bipartisan, and I've given yeah. you proof that it is? What? <laughs> Honestly, this is why I said on Chelsea's Live, we have to start getting political, because they already have gone there. They already have, a, like, a leg in. So we have to start now, you know, whether it's trying to uh, petition to our senators, our own elected government officials, and whatever state that you're in, start advocating start you know being a part of um you know what this brings actually a great point i have a follower who sent me a dm saying that i i forget what mlm company this person is but she was in an mlm company and the person that she was talking about ran and is now on a school board at policies so we have to start infiltrating all of this because if not, MLMs are not going to go anywhere. They're going to they're going to be here to stay if we are not doing that part of our job. Wow, absolutely. 
you know, and a lot of people just don't understand that there are all of these little fingers and all of these little pies and people are like, oh, it's MLM. It's just a business opportunity. And well, did you make any money? Well, I'm not a salesperson. I mean, I tried, I tried. I got a garage full of lipstick. I tried, but I'm just not a salesperson. And it's like, you guys have to understand that this is like systemic. This is happening. This is, it's, it's a formula. It's formulaic. They're, they're plugging in the numbers and they're getting the same results. Like these are scams. They affect everybody. They hurt everybody. Mm-hmm. The government is so unbelievably complicit in it that we're not going to be able to dismantle it at the government level. It's mm-hmm. grassroots. It starts at the bottom. It starts with having conversations like this one. It starts with following people that are in different communities to talk about different things, following Blanca so that if you are in the Hispanic community or have any mm-hmm. heart into this Hispanic community at all, like I do to follow it and listen and to see what's happening to to these communities because this is affinity fraud and we talk about it all the time and we're going to be talking about it even more so with all of these different communities and all of these amazing creators that have been popping up in the last year to talk about these things to talk about what's happening to their people right right because wow i am i'm still trying to wrap my head an ex-mayor i know was involved in this it's this it's, is- it's terrible this was just like, you know, you think that these are the people that are supposed to be protecting. Yes. You know, like we're literally the entrance of the people. To protect us. <laughs> and, and you're just there like, no, we're going to pass these bills that are going to protect these scammers. And I often than not, I get a lot of people commenting in my comment section saying, well, why are you bringing politics yeah. into MLM? It has nothing to do with it. I was like, oh, honey, yes, it does. It is so intertwined. You cannot separate them. You cannot. Right. And here's the thing where people are like, it's not about politics. You know what? Some things, some things in MLM are, you're right. It's not. Some of it, it's not about this or this or, or being this way or, or being that way. It's not always about that. It's in the lawmaking aspect. It's Mm -hmm. in the, who can I pay to get that vote for that thing I want? That's where it's at. It's not like these tiny, it's, it's, it's deep. It's really deep down in, in the trenches. Like it's, it's not like, it's not like pro-life or pro-choice. Okay. That's not what it is. Like, that's not the politics that we're fighting here. It's like I said, it's the same as like big tobacco. It's the same as big pharma. Those companies, those corporations, those industries that harm people. And then it's like MLM's doing the same exact thing. But a lot of times people just don't see it. And so having these conversations and pointing out these things just to start the conversation, like I'm not here to change anybody's political affiliation and views, like vote who you want, do what you want. I'm not here to chastise you for thinking differently than the person standing next to you. Like that's insane. But it is about finding those commonalities, realizing that we're all victims of this machine and then dismantling that machine on the back end and finding where those people are are at, following the money. You know, Kirsten Cinema is another Democrat oh, that yeah. has her fingers in the MLMs. It, 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 I, it's it's insane. It's it's what I call, and I hate to use it too because of who coined the term originally but a dino, a Democrat only in freaking name. It's, it's really wild. It's really wild. And again, like I don't, I'm not in Arizona. I don't know her politics outside of this MLM scope. I just don't, I'm not following that. I'm not political in that way because 
I don't have the time or even the mental health to take on another thing to fight for. But I will fight for the MLM space. And if these politicians come into it, the Betsy DeVosses, the Kirsten Cinemas, the Antonio Villaragosas, whoever it is, if they're coming into this space, the Orrin Hatches, there's another Republican to keep it even, like they're coming into this space and they're harming us and it harms all of us. MLMs target everyone. They target any community, anybody that is underserved, anybody that wants more in their life, anybody that just wants the freedom to have the American dream. Like Mm -hmm. literally what they sell is hope. I've talked about this so many times. If anybody out there is vulnerable and looking for an answer, MLM has it. You have to have your eyes open and understand that this is happening. And we also, we can't ignore that little bit of politics that's in there. I mean, it's, it's bigger than a little bit, but if you haven't listened mm-hmm. to the episode I did with Doug Brooks, that's a great one where we talk a little bit about politics. Robert Fitzpatrick and I talk a little bit about politics too. And that's another thing that we're going to be talking about this year on the show, but it's the politics that affect MLM. It's not the politics that affect everything else. So I want people to understand, because I know people are like, oh, she's going to be political. We're only political in the MLM space. And that's really important because we want to educate. And if that makes you uncomfortable, you know, maybe don't listen to those episodes. But I also think that it is very important. And when you are comfortable to go back and listen to them, because we're not pointing fingers and we're not judging, we're simply following the money. And we're simply asking questions like, but why? And what's going on? Like, why? Why does she care about this? Why is she so easily bought? Why is money such a huge factor? And also, how can we buy U.S. senators? Like, how is that even a thing that's legal? That's a problem, too. Technically, it's not legal. (laughs) Loopholes. We know all about loopholes on this podcast. Lobbyists, you know. Yeah, thanks so much, DSA. You know, they want to win their congressional seat. You know, again, it's all about politics. It's all about the maneuver, the long haul, playing chess instead of checkers. Absolutely. And like that, that's, that's the entire like Congress, the house. It's all of it. Like these, like these no term limits things. Like these are the people with the real power. These are the people that are being bought, Mm -hmm. their votes are being bought with campaign donations and lobbying money that goes directly back to the Direct Sellers Association, the DSA, which is what I I affectionately call Big Pyramid. And Big Pyramid is right there in K Street, (laughs) right with everybody else. They're literally having cocktails after work. Like, oh, (laughs) how many people did you scam today? Like so many, (laughs) like it's literally happening. (laughs) <laughs> it's disgusting and and then they're like oh we're a regulatory body for you know MLMs it's like but are you really though are you because I don't see you regulating anything anything and I had a conversation with a person in no shame sales games comment section talking about well um a lot of, paraphrasing here by the way that not all MLM companies are the same and that everybody promises or makes these false promises. Cause I had comments that that like, you know, people make all these fake promises in order to recruit people. If they didn't do that, they wouldn't have a huge downline. And so her argument is that not everybody does that. And it's like, oh yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Like I could pull you up maybe five or 10 reels and tell me if you can tell me who, 
each of these girls belong to what MLM company? Because I'm pretty sure you would not be able to distinguish any of them because they all say the same thing. And she was just having an argument about that. They're like, oh, we're regulated by the FTC. And I'm like, yeah, a lot of companies have in their policies and procedures certain things that their reps can and cannot say. However, do they follow it? No. No. (laughs) Because if they did, I would not be making top MLM fails number four. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they love to say, well, we follow the rules. We have a code of ethics. It was set forth by Amway versus FTC and we follow it. And it's like, yeah, no, I mean, anybody can put up a sign that says no shoes, no shirt, no service, but it's the enforcement of that. Like, is someone going to enforce it? When we see these reps out there doing these really horrible things, saying horrible things, um, comparing things to other things, it's wild. And there's there's no enforcement because a lot of times these reps, we see it in Monet. We saw it in LuLaRoe. We see it all across the board. If you guys are paying attention, like you're seeing it, you're seeing it happen in the anti-MLM community because we're reporting on it. Nothing happens to these people. Nothing. If I worked at Target and I said the things that these people say on a live and I was like, sorry, it's just my opinion. I'm not top fail. Like I'd be fired. They'd be like, you can't that was horrible. Like you're a horrible person. Why would you? Target would say not that? even think about it. Target would be like. Target would be like. No. You're you're suspended. You're fired. End of discussion. You can't do that. Like yes, freedom of speech, but not freedom of consequences, right? Thank you. Say whatever you want, but uh, also know that if you say whatever you want, then there's backlash. Usually, it really is. I mean, I, even I get backlash, and I don't even feel like I say all that controversial of things. And most of what I say is backed up with facts. And I'm, I still get hate and having people come after me like that. So it's, uh, it's, it's pretty interesting. It just goes to show, and I think anybody watching and anybody listening and anybody paying attention knows that it just goes to show that MLMs don't care about anything but money. I know we've already said that multiple times and um, it's just, it is what it is. So I know like we went on this like political rant, which is totally fine. Again, the politics are related to MLM and it's not to shame anyone. It's just to open some people's eyes and to let you know where those connections are. So I don't want you to feel like, oh my God, Roberta's gone political because again, it's only in the MLM space that I'm going to be sharing those sort of things. Um, But again, like, okay, so this leads us into the next thing that I wanted to talk to you about which is on Valentine's Day of this year, there was a protest um, demonstration in DC called A Day Without Immigrants, which uh, I'm looking at pictures here and I'll throw this article in the show notes as well so that you guys can see. This is on latinorebels.com talking about um, what happened. And uh, I thought this was really interesting. It says, Carlos Eduardo Espina walked into the White House on Monday morning, a TikTok star with over 2.5 million followers. And by day's end, the 23-year-old Texan from College Station had become an icon of immigrant rights organizing, which I think is so amazing. It's just, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's really powerful. And so as a Latina, I want to ask you about this and, and how this made you feel. And, and uh, I'm giving you the stage because I am, I am not the person to talk about this, but I would love to hear your thoughts. I've seen Carlos Espinosa's TikTok and his work, and I admire him. The work ethic that he has, not only, like, he doesn't just walk the walk, he, 
he does it. Like he preaches what he does. So he not only is advocating, he goes and you know for human rights and immigrant rights, but he's going to homeless shelters, volunteering, and he's studying to be a lawyer as well. So this boy, man, he's doing a lot. And it's just, like I said, very inspiring to see because a day without immigrants is not a, what is it? Something that just out of the blue happened. This has actually been going on. We were talking about it before the show, uh, about 15 years, at least to my knowledge, because I remember as an eighth grader being around 13, 14 years of age, where I went to my first, you know, protest, a day without immigrants. And I actually asked my dad, could I participate in this? Because it was actually a march, I believe, from the Brooklyn Bridge all the way down to Lower East Side in Manhattan. And he's like, yeah, I actually think this is a great opportunity. And the fact that he, you know, took me and my siblings to go, it was just, I was in awe of seeing the amount of people that were there, not just immigrants, but also, you know, kids my age, adults, senior citizens there, and not just even Latinos, but like non-Latinos there supporting the cause. And this is something that has been, you know, in the works for decades now, trying to find an easier way to becoming an illegal citizen. You know, immigrants, they, they, some people have the myth, and I'm sorry, I'm getting so passionate about this, but it just really hits home. There's a myth about Latinos not paying taxes and then just being moochers and leeches when that is far from the truth. An immigrant that comes here and doesn't have any documentations can't even go and apply to get Medicaid. They can't even do that. So they're really, you know, depending on themselves and their work and their, and their pay and then their family's pay to just get by. And if they do come here legally, they have to wait five years before they could even apply for SNAP, Medicaid, Medicare, and all of those types of benefits. So when people have that, it just, it really irks me to think that they have that misconception. Also, when you're an immigrant, you get a special tax ID number where you can pay your taxes. And most of us really do pay our taxes. And because we don't have a social security number, they're not going to see that, that money any in their lifetime ever again. So just seeing him and doing all the work that he does, it's just, it's inspiring. And I really do hope that eventually there is a pathway to citizenship because that's how MLMers or MLM companies in specific really target Latino communities. I've even seen it with Liz Lugo saying it at Mo Nations with Jimena Duque. I still have the clip. If you guys have not seen the YouTube video I have on it, I do recommend you guys go and check it out, not to, you know, shamelessly self-plug, but if you see that it, it's actual proof. Using her American dream, I believe she's Cuban, talking about immigrating from Cuba and having the American dream. That is how MLMs will target, one specific way they will target Latinos. And if there is an easier way to citizenship, it is one less thing that MLM companies can use against us. Beautifully said. Uh, I want to highlight this. I, um, I I send it to you in the chat because I'm definitely going to butcher it. You have a much more beautiful accent than I ever will. Uh, <laughs> but it says, as Espina marched toward the White House and the rally he had called on the internet to embrace, he muttered the lyrics from La Casita by Banda MS, a small misty cloud of warm breath into the bitter cold Potomac morning. And I sent you, so please say this and then translate it for us so that we understand what he's saying. 
So what he was saying was, aquí vengo tras de un sueño que no he logrado aún, que no he logrado aún. Here I come after a dream that I have not accomplished yet, that I have not accomplished. That's, that's beautiful. He's coming for the dream that he has, that he has yet to accomplish. He is coming for it. This is beautiful. I love, I love that he quoted that and that he said that to all of these people listening. That is such a beautiful thing to say. It is. It's, like I said, he's very inspiring. He's only 23 and I only foresee that he's going to do a lot of great things. Like if you guys do not follow him, please follow Carlos Eduardo Espina. He is, like I said, very inspiring. And the work that he does, there's just not enough words to describe. I I mean, I just think it is, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And it makes me so proud. It makes me so proud of you that you are here in this space, that you are teaching us, that you are you know, giving us Thank this you. ability to, to understand and to learn and, and to be better again, always be better than you were the day before. I think a lot of people don't know these things. We have so much misinformation in our life. It swirls around from every single angle more than it ever has before. I think a lot of times we cast people aside. Well, you don't know what I'm going through. And I think a lot of times what we really just need to do is have conversations with people you know, bring love and compassion and empathy back into conversations. And if, and as opposed to like coming at people and being angry, just understanding that everybody is a person and everybody has a human experience. And just because my human experience doesn't look like yours, it doesn't mean that yours is invalid or mine is invalid. It's just, these are just things that I've wanted to talk about for a really long time. And I'm just, I'm so proud that you're doing this because again, like I said, like I'm not the person to talk on this. And so I, I just want to thank you again for coming and spending your day to talk well, thank to you me for having about me. these things. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for inviting me to have this conversation. Like you said, it is extremely important, not only coming from the Latino community, but also like, as you mentioned earlier, having other advocates from different communities. It's I hope that it just keeps growing because the more awareness that there is for every single community, the less likely it is going to be for them to fall prey to these MLM companies. And uh, going back and circling back to the whole immigrant thing, I do want to remind people here in the United States that probably most of us are either immigrants ourselves or the children of immigrants. I am a second generation American. My grandparents immigrated here from Denmark uh, during World War II and the German occupation of Denmark. They came here searching for freedom and a better life. Not to be Cher Horowitz all of a sudden, but like, may I remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. It says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. That's what it says on the Statue of Liberty. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, we pride ourselves in pretty much saying that we're the American dream, the land of opportunities. And sometimes a lot of people do not see that. And yeah. it's time that it's placed on for everybody. Absolutely. And, and we have a lot of work as a country to do. We have a lot of work um, as a government to do to make sure that the American dream or whatever the American dream is now is actually achievable. And if it's not, and we got to stop promoting it that that it is because 
it's harming more people now than it's helping. And it's destroying the middle class. Especially, I think MLMs are one of the reasons that the, the middle class is being destroyed as well. Um, it's just, it's really bad. And there's a lot of this that's connected. And again, like I said, we're going to have more conversations about this stuff because I know they're hard conversations. I know you feel uncomfortable. That's your cognitive dissonance, guys. It's uncomfortable to talk about things. But once you have the hard conversation, it gets a lot easier. When you can walk in someone else's shoes, when you can put yourself in someone else's struggle, when you can understand that, you know, your privileges and your experiences are not the same as everyone else's. And everybody has different privileges and everybody has different experiences and it is not cookie cutter and it is not one size fits all. And it's really important to understand that we're all just having a human experience and to love each other and to understand and have compassion. And so again, thank you so much for having this conversation. I know, I know it's not difficult for us because we've had this conversation before, but it's difficult for other people to have. Um, yeah. and I hope that this difficult conversation was at least kind of fun and maybe not as difficult as it could have been. <laughs> yeah. Thank you once again for having me on here. It is truly, truly amazing. Cannot wait to do more of these. Uh, are you ready yes, for some so rapid far. fire questions? Oh, okay. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> what is one word that encompasses how you feel about multi-level marketing? Disgust. <laughs> Can you give somebody who's listening, who's maybe on the fence about joining an MLM, thinking about maybe like, this might be a good idea. What is some advice for them? Honestly, I would tell them, look at everything, not just specifically what you're, the person that is trying to recruit you is telling you to look at, not to sound crazy, but just honestly do your own due diligence and do your own research. Just look at different YouTube videos, look at different, you know, articles, peer-reviewed articles, articles with reputable sources, not something that you just find written by Joe Schmo on Wikipedia. Honestly, read those and have that difficult conversation with yourself. It's like, okay, well, the numbers are here and these articles are saying this, but this person that is trying to recruit me is saying that. Why is this person saying this, but other reputable sources saying otherwise and backing it up with statistics. What is, what do they have to gain versus the other person that is trying to sell me this? Absolutely. Great advice. What is the worst MLM in your opinion? I mean, all of them, but I don't know. It's a hard, a hard time of me in herbal life just because of like the wellness and health aspects for herbal life. And then Monet just really capitalizing on using celebrities where Latinos tend to have a very like again parasocial relationship with these celebrities and really trust them and believe what they say and then like they cannot steer me wrong and that's an abuse of power in my opinion. Now I know you weren't in an MLM uh, and this question Mm -hmm. is usually for people that were but um, in your advocacy what is the hardest lesson that you have learned about people that are in MLMs? Sometimes a lot of the people that are involved, some of them, not all of them, cannot be saved or don't want to see the reality. And so you have to pick and choose your battles and say, well, this person may be too far gone at this point, but there are other people that are either on the fence or 
actually starting to question what's going on that I can help potentially. That's beautifully said. And it's true. It's absolutely true that sometimes there's just not enough hours in the day to try to convince somebody who's stuck in a pyramid scheme that they're in a pyramid scheme. Sometimes you just got to let those people go, hope that whatever it is that you said planted a seed and that maybe one day down the road, that seed takes root. And then lastly, a positive experience from your time in the anti-MLM educational space. Yeah, plenty. (laughs) Plenty, but I don't know, just, you know, one of them actually, you know, having conversations with people that I first initially started watching and now we can I can kind of say we're colleagues now so that's like a whole 180 for me then just having people tell me that I they they enjoy my content and that they are happy to see that somebody is bringing the bilingual aspect because a lot of people aren't doing that type of content and they appreciate it because they can show their family members Yes. Oh God. See, that's what's so, that's the thing, right? Like you creating Mm -hmm. content in Spanish is being able to be shared with those people in South America that are trapped in these, that are the family members of the people that are watching you going, Oh my God. Yes. My mom is trapped in this. My sister's trapped in this. My tia is trapped in this. Like I have to help my abuela. She's doing this. And Mm -hmm. to be like, watch this video, this woman she's us. She understands. She's showing us. She knows what's going on. Listen to her. Have you gotten, and then this is like, this is a whole nother question, but just after I said that, have you gotten any messages from people that are like, thank you. Like I saw this and you Mm -hmm. finally connected and you, you saved me hearing it in Spanish made me go, oh my God. I've gotten messages where it's like, oh, I've been able to show my aunt who was on the fence or my uncle that was, you know, also debating about joining or getting out. But now he's just like, oh, like I I see the light in a way, but I haven't really gotten a message where like, oh, like this really pulled me out and like, let me pretty much forego of being in an MLM. You know, one day I feel like it'll happen. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. Especially now, I think a lot of people are going to go, wait Mm -hmm. a second, what? So if- You are listening to this and you have family in Latin America and anywhere where they are speaking Spanish and they are not able to consume the English content, please, Blanca, let everybody know where they can find you. And then I'll pop all of those links in the show notes as well. Yeah. On YouTube, my channel's name is Blanca's Life. On Instagram, it is Blanca underscore Perdomo underscore. And I believe it's the same thing on TikTok. I'm going to actually put in both of the TikToks that I have. It's my main account and then my backup. The main account is Blanca underscore Perdomo. And then the backup account is Blanca Perdomo underscore. Okay. You guys can find me on there. It's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. She has fantastic content and you guys definitely need to check her out. Thank you so much, Blanca. You are incredible. I cannot wait to have you. Of course. And I cannot wait to have you on the show again. Uh, You are amazing. You're amazing as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Life After MLM. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. And follow us on social media at Life After MLM Podcast and my advocacy at The Real Roberta Blevins. You can find all of the links to the social accounts in our show notes. And if you just listened to that incredible story and you thought, oh my god, I have a story just like that that needs to be told, hit me up. 
therealrobertablevins at gmail.com. I would love to have you on the show to share your story and start your journey in life after MLM. See you next time, Hans. Thank you.